As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaker Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort? <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. It's a good morning indeed, because yesterday we got the news about the new arena, finally uh, approved by the city and the Thunder. And mm-hmm. they want to open this arena up. And just in time for the 2029-30 season, if approved by the the patrons of Oklahoma City. Uh, or sooner, they said, or sooner. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> how, soon, how soon are we talking? Are they going to enlist the, the population, the, the Oklahoma City citizens, to come hey, together? We can all build it together? Everybody take a year off, and let's build this thing like the pyramids. Let's do it. Um, oh, yeah. I... That'd be cool. Actually, that wouldn't be cool at all. That would be insane. <laughs> um, but a lot of details that I think... Uh, that'd, that'd be cool to work for free. <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> Maybe they can give you a little brick with your name in it. Yeah. You get to carve your own name into a brick. Um, uh, so it's going to be $900 million, which I think is about what we had thought. I thought I'd heard around a billion. So that's that's around a billion. And the the Thunder ownership is going to contribute fifty million of that nine hundred million uh, to it, which is a little small piece of the pie, but still not nothing. And um, you know, from everything you hear, as long as this is approved, December twelfth. Hey, if you if you want more content about like why are they doing a new arena, why is this happening, I recorded a podcast with Mayor Holt uh, like a month and a half ago, maybe. Two months ago? I can't remember how long ago that was. But 
we walk through basically every point as to why Oklahoma City needs a new arena, why it would be really bad to vote no for this if you want the Thunder here. And uh, you should go listen to that. So, but anyways, there's no there's no tax increase. Basically, it just continues the the tax that's been going on since the '90s. And it's going to be really cool. From what I heard, they want this to be something that you can marvel at when you stand outside of it. Marvel. So mm. not quite marveling at the, uh, the the Paycom Center, but I think that this building is supposed to be something to behold from from what I understand. So uh, what were your thoughts when you heard the news, Al? Um, most to be expected. Uh mildly disappointed in the in the team contribution uh you know in their defense like if you if you look at other team contributions um on the low end it's usually around 10 percent of the overall project budget Mm -hmm. but to be fair for them like if you look back at the costs of a lot of those because that's that's the other part of this that i think is really interesting is that the majority of the league hasn't built a new arena in a really long time Mm -hmm. and this is this is kind this isn't the start of it because we have had newer buildings recently obviously we had like the chase center um the milwaukee bucks was in 2018 i'm reading this off i don't know this off the top of my head uh the pistons was in 2017 golden one was in 2016 but then after that, like it's mostly older buildings. Um, and so, you know, 10% of what those buildings cost back then was much less than 50 million. So if you're just looking at like overall contributions, uh, it's, it's higher. Uh, but yeah, I was expecting around 10%, which this is uh, under that. Um, but yeah, it's, if, if you just look through like, Okay, in terms of the cost of the building, which we, we right now is going to be nine hundred million, mm-hmm. that would put it as the third most expensive arena in the league right yeah. now. Like the only ones that have cost more than that is the Barclays Center, Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, and the Chase Center for the Warriors. Um, every other one was less than that, and it's because they were all built like a long time ago. Um, so this should be like state of the art. I thought Pfizer Forum was 524, $524 million. I am going by, let's see who wrote this. I'm on thunderwire.usatoday.com. Get off, get off, get off of that because Pfizer Forum was not, was not that expensive. Really? This is almost double what Pfizer costs. Really? Yeah, Little Caesars costs, is, was $863 million. Yeah, okay. Pfizer was 524 uh, the Golden One Center in Sacramento was five hundred and fifty-eight million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the amount of money <laughs> that they're choosing to put into this building will they truly will be able to make this like a one of a kind arena? Like this is not going to be cookie cutter. They are they they are building it for the next twenty five years, and they like they want to see the Thunder play in this arena. In 2050, which seems just like that, just like blows my mind. Like I'll be a 60-something-year-old man. Gross. You know, Sick. weird, weird, so weird. But yeah, th- they're it's they're contributing a lot of money to this. Do you think? Do you think you'll uh, still be potting? I think that's the dream, right? For for you, <laughs> you don't want to be. 
<laughs> potting when I'm 60 years old? Yeah. Oh boy, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. what 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 else what else are you doing? Well, uh hmm, you, you don't have very high hopes for my future apparently. I what have else are you, are you think I'm going to be bored? I think that we'll be we'll be sitting behind a desk doing the uh, the post game show together when we're 60. I I do think like this arena more than any of the other ones we talked about. Uh like Golden State or or Brooklyn, um, is going to put some pressure on these other smaller markets, because, like, for instance, uh, you look at New Orleans. There, the Smoothie King Center opened in 1999. Yeah, um, they are also a small market. Um, so theirs is coming up on like 25 years, and I think seeing a small market team like Oklahoma city commit like this is going to put some pressure on these, on these other small markets. I mean, Definitely. the Spurs was built in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, another small market. When was, uh, when was the Memphis, the Memphis, hmm. uh, that was built in 2004. Yeah. So maybe, maybe a little bit of time, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I have a feeling there's, we're about to see a wave of new arenas in the next like five to 10 years. Yeah. And it does, it does feel like OKC is kind of on the early part of that wave. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad we're getting it done now mm-hmm. as opposed to these other teams. Cause I do think it's going to become a bigger point of conversation just around the league. Yeah. League, this is, I, I just read an article uh, yesterday on the athletic about this happening in the MLB, mm. which is basically there hasn't been a new stadium built in like 30 years um and or or i forget what what it exactly was but basically it, a ton of teams are all of a sudden starting to propose new arenas all at the same time um and depending on what the market is they're facing backlash or you know people are ready to do it or, or whatever um i think that's coming with the nba just because a lot of these arenas are like 20 plus years old yeah and with the rise in the valuations of these franchises you could see the owners like getting antsy and like wanting to (laughs) wanting their arena to reflect that um i have a feeling we're going to see more completely privately funded arenas like the the new sixers arena is going to be 100 percent privately funded Mm -hmm. i I think that's going to be more common because owners are seeing how successful it was for the guys in golden state like kind of building that like village around yeah an arena and having it kind of be an entertainment center and complex and mm-hmm. then they can get all the money from it i have a feeling that's going to be more common going forward than it is right now because right now there's only like a couple i think yeah it's really it, just, it could be pictures. that's a two-way street though that's it's kind of an interesting conversation because it's i mean the city itself has like no leverage with the with the thunder with regards to like, hey, you should pay for the arena, you know, it, for, well, for our city. It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, if, if they did pay for it, they also have no like stake in it. Yeah, they have no stake in it. But also, I think like the big thing with some of the, with some of the teams, like not every team wants to privately fund their arena. You know, if the Thunder did, they could do it. <laughs> I think the city would be like, sweet. We would love it if you would do that. We would love it if you would privately fund it, but the the franchise itself, I think, with uh, in big cities, like, hey, Philadelphia 76ers, where are you going? You guys aren't going anywhere. 
Like we're not, the city's not paying for this. You are not leaving Philadelphia under any circumstances right, anyways. Right, right. So you should go ahead and privately fund it and not take money from, from us. Um, so there's like a, there's like an interesting, cause I always thought like, oh, wouldn't you want to own it so that you could run it and make all the money from it? Not every ownership group wants that. <laughs> the, I mean, they already have their like own businesses going on elsewhere. I don't yeah, think that it's yeah. the desire of every ownership group to do that. Obviously, it wasn't the desire of the Thunder ownership group to do that, too. Um, and then when it comes down to it, like the city itself doesn't have the leverage where it's like, hey, you know, the, th- the city of Oklahoma City couldn't look at the Thunder and say, hey, you should build it on your own. Where are you going anyways? And they would say, to 45 different markets that are bigger than yours. <laughs> You know, um, hey, we we are creeping up though, Andrew. I feel like every year we're bumping up a few spots. You know, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, I know, I know. And so, like the places where they are going to be completely privately funded are places like Philadelphia and San Francisco, where it's like seriously, where are you going? Like you're you're not leaving this market. <laughs> like there's just no chance that you leave this market. Now with smaller markets, I think it'll be it will be more unusual. Not not to say that it couldn't happen, um, but I think it would, it's going to be more unusual for a small market to be privately funded rather than publicly funded because Oklahoma City, frankly, needs the needs the Thunder, and Memphis needs the Grizzlies, and New Orleans needs the Pelicans. Um, you can't, and so I think that those will be publicly funded. Um, buildings would be my guess and that's like why that's that's why also i don't think the thunder had so a a ton of pressure to contribute a a huge amount of money to it yeah Um, i i I do think it'll be easier in okc than new orleans i mean we'll we'll see you know what what they decide to do but easier in what way what do you mean Oh well, it, whenever they decide that they need a new arena and put it to a vote, mm-hmm. I I have a feeling that that would be a little more contentious than it will probably end up being in Oklahoma City. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think it will be contentious. I think there's a few loud voices out there talking about how they don't want the tax, they don't want this, they don't want that. Those people, like, just if if those people that are saying that remember what Oklahoma City looked like and felt like before the Thunder. Like, truly t- take a minute to think about it because a lot of the great things that have happened in our city are a result of having pro sports in our town. So, like, don't, don't do that. Don't be that guy. There's some people that just want to get attention or they just want to feel like they're, they think they're saying something smart. It's not smart. It's just frankly not smart. It sounds like you're going to be engaging in uh, voter in, uh, voter intimidation tactics, Andrew. Is that true? When you go to the polls? When I go to the poll, I'm gonna I've got signs already being made. Really? Yeah. And you're gonna put your children out outside of the polling place. That's right. Pulling these signs. That's right. That's gonna be great. December twelfth. <laughs> be there. <laughs> be square. <laughs> no, I mean, also if you're wondering, can I vote in this election? Just take a look at what your trash can looks like because if it says Oklahoma city on it, then you can vote because it's not oh, ne- wow. necessarily based on like, like I live what it says. It says I live in Edmond, but I have Oklahoma city utilities. Well, I can vote. 
Really? That's what it. That's all it is. Do you have to bring your trash can? To I got to. You, you to have to it? actually have somebody push you downtown in your trash can. You vote from your trash. Wow. Can. No. Wow. But for real, like that's if you wonder if I can vote, that's that's how you know. You I vote. do wonder what the split is going to be because obviously this is like an off year election, um, so usually turnout isn't super high. But yeah. a lot of old people tend to vote in off year elections because yeah. you know what else is there to do. And I could see older folks being uh, less open to the idea in general. Sure. Yeah. With They probably don't get a lot of information about it and just think, you know, continuing the tax, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. If, Do if we really need a new arena? Of- I think our arena is actually pretty nice. I think I've, oh. I've, I've really enjoyed going to it, you know. <laughs> A person who's been like once in the last five years. I I like it. I like. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Why do we need? I mean, there's also people that have never been in any other NBA arena ever. And if you go into another NBA arena, and this and the one in Oklahoma City, you're like, oh, okay. Like the one in Utah, I went to All Star Game in Utah, and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is (laughs) this is so much nicer (laughs) than what we have in Oklahoma City. Um, and I, and I, and it's not like even close to the nicest one. Bro- the Brooklyn arena is crazy. Like, it's seriously like a big work of art in the middle of Brooklyn. I mean, it's, yeah. in, it is insane. It is so cool. Uh, now, ba- based on, um, <laughs> based on some of the Thunder's path, past, uh, graphic design choices, Andrew, yeah. in, term, in yeah. terms of uniforms, how worried are you <laughs> about, uh, what the stadium is going to look like? Can we trust them? It's <laughs> a good to question. Make a, a good decision regarding the stadium. That's a good question. I, uh, not going to lie, I have some fears. Hmm. I have some yeah. fears. But uh, we have some proposals in the chat. Let's see hmm. where are they. Um, let's see. Oh, Robert Wood says for a billion, will the arena look like Ooh. the Vegas Sphere? That'd be cool. That would be cool. The sphere is insane. Matt Noonan says he thinks it should be underground and you should call it the storm shelter. Ooh, the storm. Oh, you know what? Uh, this is going to be the exact opposite of what Matt just said, but I would like, you know how in um, that Dallas stadium, the Cowboys stadium, Jerry world, mm-hmm. they have like a ton of windows um, that are, I think you take advantage of that Oklahoma sky, Andrew, hey. that, that Oklahoma sunset. And it doesn't have to be shining into the court, obviously. Mm-hmm. But on the mezzanine, if you could have a big side with windows so that when you're in there, you can look out and see the Oklahoma sunset. How nice would that be? That would be amazing. They have that in, in Utah. And it is because they, they have a sunset like at the mountains on this side mm. with all these windows. And it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It is, I, seriously, I would stop. It's like corny as this is. I would stop at that window and just look for like five minutes because it was just amazing. It was just amazing. Um, so yes, I am on board with that. I think that's a great idea. Great. Uh, now the rest of it can be underground. That's fine. No. but uh, <laughs> you could have a portion of it above ground, and then the the court underground. I actually, think. Oh that wait, would... that, I feel like that sounds like Lloyd Noble. Isn't that why everyone hates Lloyd Noble? <laughs> Yeah, but it'd be much bigger. Which but, apparently they're building a new Lloyd Noble too. 
or at least they're talking about it. I mean, they're building new building all kinds complex of things. In yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So December twelfth, go vote. Vote yes. Encourage uh, encourage your family to vote. Seriously, if if people are on people that you know are on the fence, just send them the YouTube link or the link to the podcast where I talked to the mayor because I think he lays out a pretty good argument. I actually talked to Taylor Dickerson's dad about this, and he said that he listened to that podcast and it and he said he was on the fence and it convinced him to really yeah that is a good idea. Well, so okay, so one other aspect of this, I was just going to ask like uh, we don't know the answer to this, but how much more they're going to roll out in terms of information before the vote. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, one, you know, in this digital age, Andrew, it's harder and harder to get information. So you don't know, like, how much of this information is actually getting to the citizens. But if there was a, like, concept art drawing, yeah, just just something I could see visually, I feel like that would maybe help some people. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I I don't know for sure if they're going to do that, but they yeah, I it might agreed. be too early for that, but I think they should have something like a good idea of like where cuz I I think they have a good idea of where it's going to go, but I, they haven't like solidified that or anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if they will before they get the yes. So, but yeah, I think some mm. kind of concept mm. art would be cool. And it can be fake. It just has totally to look fake. cool. It just has to look awesome. And then if it's completely different whenever you build it, fine. Who cares? Just we gotta get this voted yes so that we can do the uh, post game show for the Thunder whenever we're sixty years old. Okay, that's all. That's all we want. Uh, that's all Andrew wants. You um, don't. I'm. You don't I might that. have things to do. I might turn in. I might get into fly fishing. Oh come on, Al! You could fly old. fish. You could fly fish during the day. Nope. You got to get out there early, Andrew. Got to get out there early when the fish are biting. You can get out there early and still hang out with hang out with me at the Thunder Games at night. It's not that hard. Come on. Uh, okay, Al, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our summers of Sam with 2020. Oh, my gosh. This one is insane. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back after that quick break. Al, the summer of 2020 was insane. So if you are a new listener, last summer, we went through all the summers up through 2019. Uh, We were grading uh, Sam's moves, kind of reviewing what happened that summer and talking through it. And this might be the most eventful summer (laughs) of Sam's tenure. This was an insane summer for many reasons. One, we were in the middle of a pandemic and the team got blown up. They were in the bubble. Then the team got blown up. We did the draft all virtually. Um, there was no summer league. They essentially like did the draft and then training camp was like a couple weeks later. I mean, it was an insane time with insane moves. It just all was so compact it was a wild time to to be podcasting because it felt like i was doing a new podcast every like 10 minutes because of everything that's happening but um let's uh let's break it down al yeah so uh and the reason we didn't do this one last year we just didn't feel like there was enough time between uh when we were talking about it and when it happened so now we've had a little bit of time yeah yeah it's very funny all of these trades happened in november uh because of the way the season set up yeah so uh, we're we're gonna look at what they did in the draft, uh, what he did in free agency, and what he did as far as trades. And because this summer had so many trades, I'm actually gonna have Andrew uh, grade each individual trade. But we'll get to that. Um, first, I want to give some background. So this summer, you know, they're coming off the PG and Rush trades. You know, they just had their first season with SGA. Uh, they came into that season with a 0.2 percent chance. To make everybody, the playoffs. Everybody remembers the graphic. Yes. Uh, definitely Chris Paul remembers it. And then we had the COVID game in Oklahoma City with Rudy Gobert. 
Obviously, season gets shut down. They finish as the fifth seed at 44 and 28. They lose to Houston the first round, seven games. Did you know in that uh, in that uh, series, CP3 became the oldest player to record a triple double? I'd forgotten about that. Mm. And then uh, Dort, one of three players, 21 years or younger, to score 25 plus points in a game seven playoff game. Do you, do you know the other two? Mm-mm. LeBron and Kobe. So it's LeBron, Kobe, and Dort. <laughs> Those are the three guys who have done it. Uh, after the season, you kind of forget that Billy Donovan was the coach for this entire season. Yeah, isn't that um, wild? The, the team and Billy Donovan agreed to mutually part ways. You know, he got off this sinking ship uh, to steal to steal some uh, language from Jeremy Grant, and he went to the great city of Chicago, where last year they won the same amount of games as the Thunder. 40 and 42 congratulations to him great career move uh and so Uh, that's that's basically what happened and then we start this summer so that was kind of like the background and i don't totally remember what the mood of the fan base was as far as were there was there any enclaves of fans who like coming off that season were like let's run it back like cp3 year two bringing the bringing the band back Dennis Schroeder, yeah. the three-guard lineup, let's do it again. Yeah, was I mean... It, were there many people saying that? I think there were people that thought they should do that. Um, yeah. I remember I remember having a lot of conversations with a lot of different people, either on Twitter or in person or whatever. I guess not in person because we weren't in person with anybody, and I certainly wasn't talking to my kids about it at the time. But um, I would... I would say that there was a contingent of people. And there was also other media that were like, hey, why why wouldn't they just keep this going? Like, what's going on here? And a lot of it was that I believe the Thunder made a promise to Chris. And I think the Thunder themselves wanted to start over and yeah. knew that like this this team has a shelf life. And you look at Phoenix, like Phoenix had their, you know, three-year run and then they had to let Chris go so you know the the shelf life of that team would have would have been pretty short and then we'd be in this position where it's like great we have Shea and like a declining Steven Adams who may or may not be able to play basketball and you have Chris Paul and you know Danilo Gallinari and you know do we have Danilo Gallinari anymore I don't know um and you have the guys that you drafted and you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting position to be in. Obviously, you're, you'd be better, a better team floating along, but you probably don't have Josh Giddy. You probably don't have um, Chet Holmgren uh, as a part of this mix, but you could have J-Dub still, you know. Possibly, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I remember right after that season ended, there was an interview with uh, CP3 at Disney World. Yep. Where where he, he, he like the way he was talking, it was very nice, but he would the way the words he was saying was like I'm already gone. Yeah, he was like, "Thank you so much for this time that we had together. I'll <laughs> yeah. see you later." <laughs> you know, which I I appreciated because for me it just kind of like set up the summer. It was like, yeah, okay, okay. yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. not we're not doing that. We're not we don't even have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure. And so that leads to this summer. Now, let's do. Actually, the first move is this is actually an autumn of Sam, by the way. It is an autumn of Sam. Uh, November 11th, 11 11, which, by the way, 
is very famous day in Oklahoma history. Do you know why, Andrew? Everyone's making a wish on 11-11. Wrong, wrong. I used to celebrate this day in my family growing up in Oklahoma. Really? Because on November 11th, 1911, uh, Oklahoma set their record for both the hottest day on September uh, on uh, November 11th and the coldest day you on the same day. How do you celebrate it? Uh, really just bringing it back up at, uh, <laughs> at the breakfast table. Hey, <laughs> it's 11-11. You just blast the AC for like an hour and then you just blast the heat for an hour in celebration. Oh yeah, L- listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, on November 11th, 1911, remembered easily for now as 11-11-11, the afternoon temperature in Oklahoma City reached a record high for the date of 83 degrees. Wow. Before plunging... 66 degrees to a record low of 17 at midnight that evening. Both Whoa. daily temperature records remain unbroken and untied since 1911. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? That is that is wild. I didn't I uh, Well, thanks for thanks for sharing. Can't yeah, wait. now you guys now you can celebrate with your family. Can't wait to celebrate. It's, it's just one of those dumb things that like a dad brings up to their kids and their kids are like, I don't care, dad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I, yeah. I will be bringing it up to my kid who doesn't even live in Oklahoma. I'll make him celebrate. Okay, <laughs> anyways, the reason I was all bringing all that up is because on November 11th, 2020, they hired Mark Dagnall as their head coach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of names out there. Uh, who was, who's the Will? Will Weaver was the Will huge Weaver. one. Yeah. And it was Will Weaver? Yeah. Will Weaver. Okay. Yeah. I hear Weaver and I instantly think Kyle. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't him. Uh, yeah. Will Weaver. <laughs> That'd be cool was, if it was Kyle Weaver. Will Weaver was definitely a guy we were talking about a lot. Um, I don't know if there were ever, actually ever any rumors, but the, we, we, we were definitely not talking about <laughs> Mark Dignall. Yeah, we were. Were we? I was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, that's obviously a great move because he was a, go, he's an assistant coach for the Thunder, and had right. been the blue coach. And I, I mean, you knew the direction the team was going in. You were going to go really young. So yeah, I had I had kind of drawn those lines to Mark um, during that time. Yeah. Okay, so the only other free agency moves we'll we'll, we'll get done with free agency very quick. Uh, Melvin Frazier, Frank Jackson, Moses Brown. Those are the only other guys that were shout out. Shout out. We agents. were kind of excited for Frank Jackson because he was somebody he, that he definitely was, had a moment. He was rumored to be the guy in the 2017 draft for the Thunder. Um, I don't remember who reported it or how that rumor surfaced, but. Some people thought the Thunder were going to take him, and then they signed him, and it was like, "Oh, well, here's our guy." And it's to this to the like basically the Jack White contract, where it was, "Hey, yes. let's let's get a look at Frank Jackson." Yeah. And they said, "Thanks, but no thanks." Went on to have a, a nice little run with Detroit, and yeah. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Correct. Um, yeah, if they had drafted him, that would definitely like fall in their pattern of like Reggie Jackson campaign. Frank Jackson, like just trying to find like these guards that can probably play with Russ, um, but also can be the backup point guard. I mean, it seems like they were doing that a lot. Yeah. Uh, back at that time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's get into the trades now to grade these trades, Andrew, <sighs> we're going to, we're going to use a traditional scale, A, B, C, D, F. F. And to grade them, we're going to use past Presti trades. So for instance, 
if you want to give one of these trades an A, that would be an SGA trade. The SGA trade. That's a it's an obvious good trade. Every Thunder fan agrees that it's a great trade. Slam dunk trade. There, there's no real question about it. If for a B, we're talking about the second mellow trade. So a trade that if the long especially Age is better, I, I would say. It gets better with age. Yeah. Um, so the second Mellow trade is when they traded Mellow to Atlanta for Dennis Schroeder, who was kind of a distressed asset at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he becomes almost sixth man of the year, and they end up getting a first for him. Ends up being a very good trade Great for the trade. Thunder. Now, it's, it's not on the level of an SGA trade, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. It's a, kind of a who cares, but it's a good trade. Yeah, a lot of it's people were trade. like waving stretch Mellow. Remember that? They were, they were, and we remember your names. Yeah, we do. Um, for C, we're going to do the first canter trade. Now, this is kind of like a middle of the road trade where I would say like an equal number of Thunder fans would say it was good or bad. On the, on the good side, you could say canter was hugely important for that run that they had in 2016, specifically playing against the, uh, the, the Spurs when you had the, the two bigs with Steven Adams. He, he was very important. In that series, and so for that reason alone, you could argue that it was a good trade. But on the flip side, uh, you traded for Ennis Cantor when you already had Stephen Adams, and then you gave him he had to match a max on him, mm-hmm. and and you could have potentially had Brooke Lopez. So there's like definitely some downsides to this trade as well. So it's kind of like eh. also can't um, play can't play Cantor. Also can't play Cantor, which I would actually put that on the positive side because it's memorable. It's so you know, memorable. <laughs> how many times do they put the camera just on the coach during the game? I mean, it's and a catch few them times at the exact moment, and just see him look over and say, "Can't, can't play Cantor." Yeah, that that cameraman was on it that night. Oh yeah, shouts to the cameraman. Honestly, that was, uh, that was great. So a grade of D, I gave this the Joffrey trade. So this is the Joffrey Joffrey Laverne trade, yeah. where we traded two seconds. For Joffrey Laverne, who played for OKC for a, a minute. Yeah. Uh, we were briefly excited about him. Yeah. Didn't work out. And in retrospect, it's like, why even bother? Why did why did we bother? <laughs> just don't. Don't. Don't do it. Next time, don't. So these these are like why bother traits in yeah. the D. And then F, obviously, hardened trade. Obvious uh, reference there. Yeah. Um, okay. So here we go through the trades of 2020, the autumn of Sam. First one up. And this is in chronological order. Abdul Nader and Chris Paul to Phoenix for Ty Jerome, Kelly Oubre Jr., Jalen LeCue, LeCue, Ricky Rubio, and a 2022 Phoenix first, which was top 12 protected, which was then traded to Denver for a 2027 top five protected. Um, how would you grade that trade? Both at the time, because I do, I do think it's hard to do trade grades because I think the grade would be different at the time versus now. I think this yeah. trade is like obviously good now because of what happened with those picks. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I would put it as the, uh, the second mellow trade. I think so it's a B, a B. I okay. think it's a good, I think it's a good trade. I don't think it's like outrageous. I, I remember having hopes that maybe they could get that. I think they had the 10th pick in the draft that year. The the Suns did, yeah. That's well. Then they wasted it anyways, taking Jalen Smith. So they should have just given it to <laughs> us anyways. Um, so I think that I had hopes that they could get some pick like that. 
clearly that wasn't on the table. And I think also the Thunder wanted something, you know, down the road anyways. And that's what they got. And I didn't, I don't think they thought necessarily that Chris Ball is going to turn the Suns into the best regular season team in the NBA. And that somehow happened. But yeah, I think it's a good trade. Um, I don't think it's anything insane, but I think it's a good trade. And it's, it's, it was a very good trade, obviously, for uh, Phoenix because they yeah. end up giving up the 30th pick, the worst first-round pick you could possibly give up for Chris Paul, who yeah. kind of changed their team. Yeah. Um, so very very good for them. I, I still remember, though, at that time, as good as his season was with OKC in the three-guard lineup, teams weren't falling over themselves to try to trade him away from the Thunder. Yeah. They, in fact, as I remember Suns fans – being pretty split on that trade, mm-hmm. like having to talk themselves into it because the stink of Houston was like still on CP three a little bit, even though he had just had this really good season had been an all-star again. There was this feeling of like, okay, that was great, but he's still super old and we could immediately go back to what was happening those last couple of years in Houston. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I remember, coming up with fake trades like Philadelphia was one where I was like, you know, they could really good use good Lord. Like, they should have done that. That would have been amazing. And the thing is like, it just yeah. didn't, it didn't take a whole lot to do that trade because the, th- the thunder had already gotten the value that they wanted by making the Russell Westbrook trade. And if they right. could just get anything positive for an agent, Chris Paul and send him to a really good team, like you could have done it. I mean, look at who they got. Ty Jerome, Ubre, the Rubio, and one first. Yeah, protected first. So, like, like a Philly top, could have done that trade. Almost any team in the league could have done this trade. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Idiots! Um, and, it, and it obviously worked out for the Thunder. Um, so, yeah, I, it's a that's a B. That's a second yeah, a mellow B. trade. Uh, next trade, Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for Danny Green and a uh, L.A. first which ends up being the 28th pick. And that was in that year's draft. Uh, 2020. Yeah, I, I think this is... Can, can I factor in everything that happened afterwards? Uh, you could do both. Like, how much does it does it change for you? I think it goes from a B to an A. I think it goes from a, a mellow, second mellow trade to a oh, really SGA trade for why, me. Why do you say that? I mean, basically, you turn Schroeder into... Two firsts and and um, uh, Micic and you get the thirty fourth oh, pick in the draft. Uh, yeah. okay, okay. I mean, like that's insane. Like that's crazy. And like all you had to do was basically take on money that you needed to spend anyways. Like they yeah. were going to have to spend money anyways because they had shed so much cash with all the trades they did. Like you were going to have to do it. And so you could do it by giving somebody a bloated contract, or you could actually get something in return, which is what they did. And they just took advantage of the fact that they didn't need to make their team better. In fact, they wanted to go the other way. And they just, I mean, I just think about like what Will Dawkins did with the Wizards and how he just got, he got no first, you know, this past summer. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And like had some decent players, but like couldn't turn anybody into anything of value where Presti is able to leverage different things against each other to get 
these picks and to turn Dennis Schroeder, who was basically, they had to give a protected first and mellow to get him. And then use, like, obviously he had a really nice run with Oklahoma City and then gained some value. And that's why you got the first. And, but then flipped Danny Green again to to Philly, who was desperate to get off of Al Horford's deal. I mean, it's that is genius level trades right there. I mean, that's and, just and it, wild. And this is kind of why the second mellow trade is RB, because you keep playing that mellow trade out, and it is pretty wild what it ends up as. Yeah, because you do get not just Meechich, but that that Philly pick that's only top six protected and then top four protected. Like that's where all of this ends eventually ends up. Um, okay. So next, now this is a, this is a big one, Andrew, 2020 second OKC gives became Cassius Winston and a 2024 second Memphis's pick to the wizards for a 2020 second, which became Veet Krejci mm-hmm. and they got Admiral Schofield. What do you think about that trade? This is this is like definitely what's what's the D version? What's the D <laughs> Joffrey? Trade? This is Joffrey. the Joffrey trade. It's like why bother? <laughs> like what's going on here? The only the only beef I would have there, and maybe why I would call it an F, is yeah. because you took Joffrey Laverne or not Joffrey Laverne, Veet Kretchy, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you took Veet Kretchy at thirty seven? I remember he was not in San Vicini's top one hundred. Top one right, and he- top one hundred. Up one hundred, and it's not like there's anybody crazy that went after him. So it's that's why I can't like give it an F because if there was like so much talent after then, then I would just be like, oh my gosh, what an absolute mistake! Like guys that are still in the league, Sam Merrill, Paul Reed, um, uh, Isaiah Joe, Isaiah Joe, which we got anyways Trey, for nothing. So all good. Trey Jones, that was a good pick. Yeah, Trey Jones uh, is at forty-one. Nick Richards, good pick. Um, um Kenyon Martin Jr. Good pick. But yeah, there's there's nothing crazy. There's nothing crazy. But it was crazy to take Veet. It was a little Especially crazy. Because to take Veet. Not only was he a complete unknown, not on San Vicini's top one hundred board, but he was also coming off an ACL in coming off an ACL. Yeah. So like you knew he probably wasn't gonna play that much the first season. Uh it 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 was not at the level of um God, I'm just blanking on the guy's name. Uh, guy who's been on our uh, been on the podcast, Houston. Yes, Houston. Not yeah. on the level of that, yeah, because that was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. But similar in just the like, who? Like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, so that 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 fits right in for a draw free trade. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's I think that's that's a good one. I think we could even rename it the Veet Krejci trade <laughs> after this if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, he. I don't know if he's still in the league. He was in the league as recently as last season. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know. Either. Playing with the Hawks. Yeah, I don't. I th- I think he got waived by the Hawks. I'm pretty sure he did. Um. Yes, he was waived on August 16th. So we're coming up on the one month anniversary <laughs> of that. Let's celebrate. <laughs> Be crunchy um, wave day. All right. Next one. Another juicy one. A 2021 second that did not convey mm-hmm. to Boston for Vincent Poirier plus cash. What do you think about that? Well, shouts to uh, Vinny Sexpants, who I thought might actually make the roster, um, and he did not make the roster. 
Basically, the Thunder got a little cash in this. <laughs> this is definitely a Joffrey. This is a Joffrey. Again, it's like, why, why bother? Um, glad the ownership got some money. Cool. Is that enough to make it above a Joffrey? No. Like, wow. Do you know? Do you know how old Vincent Poirier is? No. He's twenty nine. Wow. He came in the league as a twenty six year old. Man, they they love French guys. Because uh, yeah, you know, with Olivier Saar, Vincent Poirier, obviously have Usman Jang, um, Teo, uh, Teo, Joffrey. Was Joffrey French? Sounds French. I don't know if he is. I just threw that out there, <laughs> just not really knowing. <laughs> All right, let's double check, let's just in case it. there's any huge Joffrey friends. Yes, he was born in Mulhouse, France. See, yeah, that is um, that is a lot of French players. A lot of French players. Interesting. We have a pipeline. <laughs> Probably infuriates Michele. He okay. He he said he likes France now. Now he likes France. Yeah. He's all in he's on a, France. He's now. such a flip-flopper. He's a flip He's such a flip-flopper. He's flip-flopping. Okay, this next trade is a three-teamer. With three-teamers, I'm just going to talk about the OKC side of it. I don't really care what happened in the rest of it. So they traded the 25th pick, which was the pick that they got from the Jeremy Grant trade when he went to Denver. Mm-hmm. They traded that pick to the Knicks. They traded the 28th pick and Ricky Rubio to the Timberwolves. And then Minnesota traded James Johnson totally forgot that he was once technically a part of the thunder Mm -hmm. uh the 17th pick and a 2024 second which was minnesota's own to okc so basically uh okc trades two first in that draft the 2020 draft to move up to 17 and they also get an additional second and james johnson how are you feeling about that one um it's looking pretty it's looking pretty bad um because of the talent that's in this draft (laughs) In these spots, I mean this this part of the draft was particularly juicy. Like, there's a it lot was. of really good players, you know, in the the twenty to twenty to thirty range. I mean, the guys that are twenty to thirty: Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly, Peyton Pritchard, Jaden McDaniel's, and Desmond Bain. Like those. Like, yeah. there's some really really good players. Like Bain and McDaniel's, and Quickly. And Maxie are all going to have a chance to be all-stars. Will they all be all-stars? No. But will probably two of those guys make an all-star team? I think the answer is yes. Um, there's some true talent in that range Yeah. Um, that the Thunder traded out of. So, yeah. It's not, it's not the best. It's not the best. Though, Andrew, if, if you do get Bane, of course yeah. you'd probably just like to have Bane. But that he's good enough with SGA where that probably that significantly changes their draft positioning. Mm -hmm. Like like Mm -hmm. there's no way they end up in the second spot drafting Chet. If you have Bain now on the flip side, you have Bain, like doesn't Bain's very good. good. So it's not all bad. And he would actually be incredible next to Shea. Yeah. um, Having that kind of spacing, but uh, Oh, well, so what are you going to give? What are you going to give that trade? That three teamer? Um, I know you still believe in Poku. I still really like Poku. I like him. I think he's cool. But I like him. But I would have to. I think this is probably a Harden deal. Like this is just not. Whoa! A good trade. Wow! I thought you were gonna say Joffrey. You're going Harden. I mean, it's just. I mean, if if I mean, maybe Poku breaks out this year and he's awesome. Possible, but he's also entering yeah. the last year of his rookie scale deal, and like he need right. like 
he has to have a great year this year in order to make it because they have more picks incoming. It's inconsequ- It's really inconsequential for the most part. Like, they have a really good team. It's. It, I mean, if they had done this and then, like, whiffed on, let's say they drafted Jonathan Kaminga instead of Giddy, and then, you know, whiffed on the... The, the two picks in the in the next draft as well. I mean, then you could start to think like, oh my gosh. We tr- like now you just don't even think about it all that much. Like if they would have taken I don't know, Mark Williams or something at twelve, if they took like Jang and or Mark Williams instead of Jalen Williams. Yeah. Um then you'd just be like, oh my gosh. Like what have we done? <laughs> You know, the, but I can't look back at it now and say it wasn't worth the swing because I do think it was worth swinging on Poku. Um, it sounds, just it to, sounds like you're bumping it up to a Joffrey. Just to talking. see. Um, but with the talent that was available, it was just not a good deal. I mean, it just was not. I don't know. You can't really argue it. At the time, now, in hindsight, you can't argue it. I think at the time, it was defensible because... Yeah, you, sure. you were taking a swing on the youngest player in the draft and a guy that had a really high ceiling. And he could still work out. Maybe I need to bump it to a Joffrey. I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair. Um, um, I, Yeah, I do think you have to factor in that they probably wanted to tank the CP3 year. Um, and we kind of know that based on like CP3 telling us at one point, like they're, they're finally letting me ball. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> there was clearly a plan, and and he actually has talked about it, where like Sam had kind of laid out this plan for him. Yeah, and, and he was like, "No, I just I just want to play. Like, let's go." Um, so they probably wanted to tank. So you're coming off this year where you wanted to tank, and now like your best picks are you know 25 and 28 in this draft because you lost your pick yeah. to Philly because of that Mike Muscala shot. And so I certainly understand the urge to want to like move up and just try to get something high ceiling to kind of boost this, this rebuild. Uh So I certainly understand the motivation there. Um, It has not worked out as of yet. And as you mentioned, unlike some of these other trades where you look who went after and it's like, eh, who cares this one? There's like multiple names where you basically throw a dart and you would have potentially a really good player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were just some nice players in in there that you could use for sure. But I'm, it's also one that I don't think anybody should lose sleep over. That's probably why it should be a Joffrey, a Joffrey because I don't think anybody is losing sleep over it. I don't think anybody's upset about it even still. Um, but there was an opportunity to use two of those picks to get guys that could really play. And, you know... Who knows if that, you know, what that looks like. I mean, you change one little thing, it changes everything within the lottery. You know, it's like one or two games changes everything with every team. Yeah. So you just don't, I mean, you don't know what the outcomes would have been. But yeah, I mean, if you ended up with Jade McDaniels and Emmanuel Quickly instead, like those are easily two top six rotation players on your team. But you you at least understand why they wouldn't have taken someone like Jalen McDaniels, though. Like he's, t- he's he was, not really he, he was risky. He had attitude problems at Washington. 
But um, also, like, he's not, even now, you wouldn't think of him as, like, oh, he's an obvious fit for this version of the Thunder. Yeah, like, he's he, not. He yeah. fits in some ways, but. Yeah, it's true. None of those guys are truly Thunder, quote-unquote, Thunder guys. Maybe quickly is more of that. Um, but none of those guys are necessarily, you know, he, you know, great fits for the Thunder in that way. Um, you could argue, uh, you could argue that Bane is, um, but I, I am not for sure that they would have taken those guys. Where Poku, like you look at Poku's and what he is as an NBA player, seven feet tall, he can pass. He can rebound. He could shoot it. All theoretical at this point, but you can see why they would have taken him. And also, you just watch the way that he played um, against like the youngsters in Greece. He was he was really good in those games. And this was and Presti even said this. I remember Presti saying this that Will Dawkins was the guy who was who headed up their scouting department at the time. And this was like a Will Dawkins pick. Um, was Alexa Pokashevsky. So just kind of interesting, mm. interesting mm, Deflecting stuff. blame. Uh, sorry, I'm having a refrigerator delivered, Andrew. Brand new fridge. Wow. You're getting crushed ice in the, Oops, in the door? Stop, stop, stop. No, I never want a fridge ever again with ice or water because they break all the time. Really? Every fridge I've ever had with those features has broken within three years and Man. cannot be. I do not want to fix it. And pay the money, man. We're doing great with ours. Then ours is running well. Ours is going strong. You just, you just jinxed it. You just jinxed it. It's going, going great strong. today. Our, we had another one for five years. Did great too. No nope, wrong. House. I got a dumb fridge. I got the dumbest fridge I could find <laughs> that does not do anything. Have you seen some of the fridges anything. now that have like full screens on them that have yeah, like, so little, like, like TVs and whatnot? Samsung, they like make the most obnoxious fridges, and based on like all the consumer reports, they have the worst fridges because no one will repair them. Mm. Um, so if they break, you're kind of screwed. But yeah, they have this new. Have you seen the knock thing? Where it's know. like it looks like tinted a tinted window. You yeah. go up and knock on it twice, and it lights up, and you can see in the fridge. It's so stupid. I mean, it's cool. It's very fun. That's I did it very on cool. every single Samsung <laughs> when we were shopping. Is... But I do not need it. <laughs> No, you don't. You definitely don't need it. But that is yeah. pretty cool. Uh, okay, next <laughs> next trade. Now we've had three D three Joffreys in a row. We got we got to pick this up. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. to Golden State for a 2021 second, which became Aaron Wiggins, and a 2021 top 20 protected Golden State first, which did not convey, became a 2021 second, which was then shipped to New York and became Miles McBride. What do you think about the Kelly Oubre deal? Um, so this was like a very contentious, um, subject for you and I at the time. And, you know, I just wanted a young wing. Uh, I think you, know, you let's, could, let's I, boost his value. I think you could argue that the, the Oubre deal could go in the hall of fame because of <laughs> this particular argument. Yeah. But unless you're getting back. Because the other scenario is that you're bringing back some veteran who's on an, a long deal. Yeah, or like right? two, like two years left on like like Rubio's deal or something like that. 
Yeah, and if it's a veteran like Rubio, who you feel is going to be good for your culture, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but if you're just trading for like a disgruntled veteran who would much rather be somewhere else, and you're basically just counting down the days until you buy him out, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd personally just rather give Kelly Oubre some money for these next few years when we're not going to be paying anyone anyways. Would you do Oubre or, or someone like him? Would you do Oubre for James Johnson and the seventeenth pick? No, I wouldn't. You're nuts. I've, th- I've, I've thought about this. I've thought about it, and I you wouldn't do nuts. it anymore. Who cares? 17th pick, who cares at this point? We have so many 17th picks coming to us. That's Poku, man. That's the Poku trade. I think you can get to 17 without trading Kelly Oubre. What's the Kelly trade, Oubre bro? should be an asset. I think, I think of him more highly than I think of Dennis Schroeder. Whoa! Wow! No. Whoa! Oh! Oh! Wow! I didn't. Okay. Just talk me into just, this. Talk me into this because I'm not there. I'm not there. Just as an asset, because as we talked about, you're gonna. Okay, we can stop now. Okay. Okay. In my defense, first of all, I did say some smart things in there. I would say, I uh, I correctly predicted the Poku trade in that pod too. And I correctly predicted that you didn't need to give up Kelly Oubre to get to 17, which was true. It was technically true. We were both like really on point there. <laughs> it's funny how we were both zeroing in on the seven. It was like it was already decided. Like they're moving up to 17. They're drafting Poku. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. This was before the draft. This was before the draft. This. Yeah. It's <laughs> very funny. Yeah. We um, obviously knew something, huh? Listen. Okay. In my defense, uh, I would maybe still argue that I'd rather have Kelly Oubre than like just some random vet that you're just letting expire. I mean, they did have a lot of money. Now the thing with Kelly Oubre was that he wasn't expiring. Yeah. And so you would have had to give him a deal. Yeah. And uh, even though he did have a very nice first year in Charlotte, he obviously did not play well in Golden State. Um, I would, I would agree that what they got is probably as good as you're going to do. Now comparing him to Dennis Schroeder, I mean, if that pick conveys, you probably get about the same value for both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like too far off. I do remember thinking that pick was going to convey just because it was Golden State. Now, this is the, the year that they end up just... Uh, actually, th- this isn't their James Wiseman year, but this is the year they end up getting Moody yeah. uh, with the 14th pick. Mm-hmm. So it was close, but it wasn't really close. Like We, we kind of knew midway through the season like we're probably not getting yeah they they yeah they were not they needed to be a top 10 team in order for that to work out to make you feel better here are the picks from 21 to 30 so these are the picks we could have gotten if golden state was a little better Mm -hmm. keon johnson isaiah jackson usman garuba had him josh christopher quentin grimes bones highland cam thomas jaden springer dayron sharp santi aldama they Mm -hmm. probably take santi aldama based on what on what we know yeah i think they would have taken santi which he's yeah he's he's good but he's also kind of like a whatever player we would have we would be in love with him if we, we would love him we would absolutely love him but in the grand scheme of things he's not changing your life uh yeah uh, uh, my so whole point what do you give i mean my whole point in like hey trade kelly Oubre jr because we want to i i want to give good developmental minutes to the players on this team that need shots and most of that was for SGA. And, you know, would Kelly Oubre... You, you ha- didn't want Oubre cramping his style. I don't want Oubre cramping anybody's style. <laughs> he also is, like, the most anti-Thunder player 
maybe in the NBA. <laughs> okay, true, but I didn't know that back then. Okay, we were just starting the rebuild. We didn't know what a Thunder guy, a new Thunder guy was. Okay, yeah, whatever. It this this is. Um, I mean, they got Wiggins in the deal, you know. Technically, yeah, I mean, makes it good. So makes it not bad. What's the C level again? C is uh, the Cantor trade. Yeah, Cantor trade. You can argue trade. both sides. Yeah, Cantor trade. Sure, I'll take that because I, I do think okay. it's it's not totally whatever because you got some you got some real assets in the deal. You know, one of them didn't convey. You, know, you can't do anything about that. But you know, they they made good use of the the Wiggins pick. So yeah. I uh I didn't know Andrew was gonna play that, and uh, hopefully he edits that out. <laughs> uh, we can only that was like it was, on a, it was a fun memory. It was like really yeah, funny, super fun. <laughs> uh, I, I do remember being passionate about Kelly Uber for some reason. You were so uh, there was so much passion in like text groups no. and in, on the pod, and uh, I mean that's that's the kind of stuff like I listen re listen to some of the podcasts that we did back then. It was, I mean, honestly, it's like pretty fun to to podcast about, you know, just like the, the complete flipping of a team, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Hey, listeners, if you can remember anything dumb Andrew said, uh, let us know and oh, I will find the clip. There's plenty, um, <laughs> there's plenty of things. Okay, now we've had three, <clears throat> three Joffreys and a Cantor, but I think we're about to get a good grade. Next yeah. one, four-team trade, Steven Adams. To New Orleans. Oh, oh, we had an SGA in there, too, for the Schroeder trade. Yes? No, I'm just talking about the last four that we did. Oh, okay, okay. We've been on a bad run. Okay, yeah. Uh, Steven Adams to New Orleans for Zylan Cheatham, Josiah Gray, Darius Miller, Kenrich Williams, a 2023 second, which became Hunter Tyson for the Nuggets, and a 2024 second, yet to be conveyed. Uh, Denver traded as a top 14 protected first as part of this deal as well, which became Nick Smith Jr., um, so Charlotte eventually got that. And then Milwaukee traded George Hill to OKC. That was all in one deal. So we basically sent out Steven Adams. Yeah. We got back George Hill of, of relevant things. George Hill, a top 14 protected pick, um, two seconds and Kenrich Williams. That's kind of what it ended up being. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a mellow second mellow deal. Like it's a B like this is, this is a good trade. I think, I think so. I think it's hard to argue that it's not. Um, some of it just kind of, and it's not random because I do think the Thunder wanted, like specifically wanted Kenrich in the trade. But the fact that he became essentially the best player in the deal, like I don't know that if Memphis called the Thunder right now and said, "Hey, will you Stephen Adams for Kenrich straight up? Would you do it?" You know, I don't know that you would. I'm not in this, you know. Which is wild, and also the fact that you got extra picks. You have a pick that hadn't conveyed yet. So yeah, I mean, I would, I would say this is this is definitely a second mellow, a B type of deal. It's a good deal. Okay, we have two trade. Actually, we have four trades left. I'm grouping three of them because I have to be done soon. There's a okay. uh, refrigerator coming. Okay, <laughs> first one, Danilo Gallinari, two, the Hawks for a second and a TPE. Joff, this is J- Joffrey. Jalen LeCue to Indiana for TJ Leaf and a 2027 second in TPE. It's Joffrey for now, but the super Joffrey. The 27 pick could be interesting, but it's so far away still that I'm just like Joffrey. And then a three team trade 
Uh, we traded James Johnson to Dallas for Justin Jackson in a 2023 second, which became Max Lewis, and a 2026 second. And we also got Trevor Reza briefly. So we basically traded James Johnson for two seconds. That might be. What do you think about that? I mean, that's probably C canter trade where it's like, yeah, whatever. Sure. Good. Okay. Final trade. This one's worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Terrence Ferguson plus Danny Green plus Vincent Poirier to Philly for Al Horford with a pick that became Teo, uh, Vasily Micic, and a 2025 top six protected first. This is this is another SGA level. I mean, this is the second part of like why the uh, shooter trade was SGA level because Agree. I, I think you have to tie it all together. But to get, I mean, essentially, Dennis Schroeder, you get a first, you get Teo Maladon, who is obviously a whatever player, but I was very excited about him at the time. Uh, you get Mitchich, who's going to play for this team. You get a 2025 top six protected first, which is becoming more interesting every single day. That's insane. The value is insane because it is for the Thunder. It's just renting the cap space is all it is. I don't know when I'm trying to, I need to look back and see if I can find it, but I don't know when the, the Mitzich portion of the trade was reported. Cause I don't think it was initially in the report. Oh, right. Cause I don't, I've been kind of looking back and even in the podcast, like we didn't ever talk about him. Um, so it must have like surfaced whenever like the trade was like finalized and okay. sent off. Cause like the initial report didn't include him and you know, the, he's coming over this year. We don't know how good he is. We don't know what that situation will look like, but if but he's the first alone, but if he's any good, like that's insane. But yeah, getting the first is crazy. And, a and then, they, and then they, a year later, they flip Horford into another first, and that was the Shingun first. Yeah, which then it becomes Usman Jang. Yeah, so you really get two firsts out of this deal. Yeah, where you're giving up Terrence Ferguson, Danny Green, and Vincent Poirier. Well, you get three getting... because you start it with Schroeder. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you and basically... then did we get a first for Teo? Get a first? <laughs> I mean, he was I'm a part kidding. of. Did we get a first? I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that yeah, was an easy A. Yeah, that's an easy A. That's an insane trade. That's that's crazy. Now I will say the one downside to this summer is if you look at the draft, Poku at seventeen, Teo at thirty four, Veet at thirty seven. One of Sam's weaker drafts yeah. overall. Yeah, it's not great. It's a lot of swings for the fences and just like, hey, these are a lot of. I mean, those are mystery men for the most part, all three of them, and you're just like, all right. Maybe one of them works out, but that's also at 17, 34, and 37. It's not like it was at like but, 7, 12, and whatever. True, but as you mentioned, there were a lot of names between 17 and 30, and then even like Xavier Tillman <laughs> went right after Teo. They yeah, picked, I mean, you could we, we could have had We could have drafted Daniel Oturu. And then prevented the Daniel Oturu game. <laughs> that would be the then, only thing that I would just and then, please, please. Yeah, we should have traded the thirty-four and thirty-seven for thirty-three. Traded up one, draft Daniel Oturu, prevent the Oturu game. We could have Evan Mobley on this team right now. That's true. What if what if that is what happened? Okay, so Andrew, what is your final grade for the autumn of Sam twenty twenty? I mean to 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 net the 
one, I think they nailed the the Mark Dagnall hire. I think that's yeah, that's true. That's I a think big part of it. I think that's really good. Um, I think all the trades were were really good. When you when you think about what a team like Washington has done, and the the assets that they've gotten back in their deals, I think that the 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 replenishing of assets that Sam did during this time, and obviously the the big replenishment was with PG and Russ, but to continue to just churn these players that had very little to no value you know, to a lot of people and to turn these assets into like legitimate stuff for your team, I think is pretty underrated. And during a pandemic, you know, is kind of wild. So I, I think this is a, I'm going to give it a B. I don't think, I think that there was obviously some upside that could have been had, you know, above this where if like, just like one of your draft picks works out, um, and Poku, I guess, still technically could, but when you compare him to everybody else, this was and it was such a weird draft because these guys went like six or seven months without playing five on five, and, and we also had like a year and a half to dissect them. And it had too long to dissect them, and it was it was such a weird draft that I think there was a lot of guys that got misevaluated yeah. um, throughout this process because you like look at some of the guys in the top ten. And then you look at some of the guys in like the bottom ten of the of the first round. You're like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of mess ups. But there's also a, there's a lot of really good players in that draft, which was thought to be like a bad draft, a weak draft, where you have Edwards and Lamelo and Pat Williams and Vassell and Halliburton. Uh, let's see, Maxi and Bain and McDaniel's. Like that's there's still like that's a, there's a lot of good players. So in a draft that was thought to be weak. That's where I have like some, a little bit of excitement with the 24 draft, which is also thought to be a weak draft, but there's going to be players in there that make an impact. And the Thunder are also in more of a position to draft role players and not necessarily have to, and probably don't want to swing for the fences. And so if there's just players like that, similar to that in this next draft, you know, you're feeling pretty good with the amount of picks that the Thunder have coming to them. So it's pretty exciting. All right. Well, that was the Autumn of Sam 2020 final grade from Andrew A.B. And it could be bumped up depending on how Poku plays. Let's could be. see. Yeah. Can Poku get us to a B plus? If Poku's Perhaps. a top eight rotation player, bump it to an A. Bump Ooh. it up. Ooh. Okay. Bumping up to an A. Forward to that. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to our show. Hope you guys have an awesome Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.